Hello, my name is Gertrude, and this is the Tech Girl Podcast. I believe we're all created to have a purpose on this earth. The best thing you can do is inevitably seek your purpose. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I speak to different people that have gone through different tech journeys in order to learn from them, as well as to discuss how people can get into tech. I hope to encourage and support more people to take up tech-related careers. In this episode, I chat with Kadesha. Kadesha is a developer advocate and creator of itsthatlady.dev on Instagram. In our conversation, she talks about what it means to work as a developer advocate and breaks down developer relations in general. Kadesha was also candid to talk about personal finances and why it's important as a techie to look into your personal finances, as well as how you can manage your finances coming from a certain bracket of earning to a larger or even six-figure income. Kadesha also gives tips on how you can get started, as well as her journey coming from social work to working in tech. Let's get into the interview. Hey, Kadesha, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. Firstly, thank you so much for coming on the Tech Girl podcast. I am really excited to have you. Uh, I have followed you for a while and I love what you're doing on Instagram, especially. (laughs) I'm all about your content, always looking forward to seeing your Insta stories, your posts and just everything. (laughs) Cool. Thank you. It's also, um, it's always so interesting to me when people tell me that, oh my goodness, I love your content. Oh my goodness. So I'm just like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, happy, <laughs> happy you like it. <laughs> Is it hard to take a compliment? For me, yes. I'm, it's something I'm working on. <laughs> oh, it's understandable, but it's great and very educative. I'm sure a lot of people um, find it educative as well. But before we get into all of that, uh, I was just wondering, what has been your favorite book of all times? Oh my gosh, what a question. My favorite book of all times, it's mm-hmm. by Jody Peacoltz. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, nonfiction. It's called Sing You Home. Okay. Um, I forgot what the premise is, but it, it what I love about Jody Peacoltz's book is that uh, she relates it back to real life and okay. really cause you to be like reflective about the decision and choices you make in your life and how it affects other people. Another mm-hmm. book I like of hers is uh, Small Great Things. Well, okay. I, do, I, I don't remember the premise of these books. I just remember that they were mm-hmm. really excellent yeah. um, and I learned a lot from them and they made me like rethink a lot of things of how I perceive people, think about people, think about things, life, all that jazz. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely my favorite book of all time. I have not read it or seen it around, but it sounds interesting. (laughs) I would would definitely look for it and um, also read it. I'm always looking out for authors that I haven't really um, heard of or read and genres as well because when you have a certain type of books that you read or people that you um, read you always stick to that so I I always get curious and try to see what else is there and uh, broaden 
I love that. Another book I really love is um, The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Mm-hmm. Collins. You can actually okay. read this book for free online. It's all about like mm-hmm. investing and how to mm-hmm. invest simply for financial independence and financial freedom. Yes. Um, love that book because it makes investing so simple. It breaks um, it down. Because <laughs> it doesn't have to be all complicated and convoluted with all the big words and terms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's another book I really like too. Nice. I'm putting those on my list and <laughs> have to see and read all of them. But what about a typical day for you? What does it look like? Oh, so typical day right now for me, mm-hmm. it's quite boring. Um, people ask me this all the time online and I haven't filmed a video because it's very boring. Um, so typical day, I wake up and I try to do a move. I try to move my body. I try. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out, but I do try. Um, then I'll, you know, shower, get ready for work. And the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up actually is, is not even move my body. It's check my calendar. Um, yeah. so I'll check my work calendar to see if I have any meetings, um mm-hmm. early in the morning that way I know how to p- kind of plan my day and plan my morning and does that mean and if you're not having meetings then it's no makeup no fixing up or it's just absolutely so that you're not- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's a part I'm of it okay. too just like how how dressy should I be today am I gonna be a camera but it's also so that I, I'm not late so typically I like to start my day at 10 a.m for work yeah. but sometimes I have um, meetings a lot earlier so I check my calendar then I try to do some movement get ready for work and um, have breakfast and then I'll come on the computer and so typically I'm responding to slack messages Mm-hmm. try to look at the emails I am mm-hmm. not a fan of emails there are so many unread emails in my inbox right now um attend Same. any important meetings and mm-hmm. um so as a developer advocate I write a lot of blog posts I do blog yeah. posts code demos um a lot of internal community work at my mm-hmm. company and so I will follow up on anything that like for example if I have a blog post like this morning I had a blog post and the mm-hmm. editor she had like a whole lot of comments whole lot of comments <laughs> So I spend some time adjusting the comments and then once that's done, then I have stand up at about 1045. And then after stand up, I pretty much have the rest of the day to myself if I don't have any meetings in between. And Mm -hmm. during that time, I am either researching something for a blog or, um, watching a video to learn something because I'm very Mm -hmm. new to cloud insecurity and so I have to beef up my knowledge a lot Um, so yeah that's why I said my days are boring so I'm either writing or reading or watching a video on something that I'm learning um it's kind of nice to get paid to learn it's amazing (laughs) but that's literally what my day looked like before I became a developer advocate my day was mostly encoding so Mm -hmm. replace the reading and learning with coding in a code base like all day unless there were like meetings in between but that's pretty much my day there's nothing exciting it's not exciting it's very boring (laughs) actually sounds super exciting and I love that you mentioned that you're a developer advocate which I am as well um super amazing we've talked a lot about like what the role is but could you briefly break it down uh for people that don't know what developer advocates do um yeah just and developer relations in general 
Yeah. So a developer advocate is, it's a person who pretty much helps developers of a particular company's product be successful with that product. So Mm -hmm. let's think about a company like GitHub, for example, we all know and love GitHub. Yes. GitHub publishes a lot of content. We see them on YouTube. We see them Mm -hmm. on dev.to with blog posts. We see them on even TikTok. I've seen some TikToks with GitHub and all the content that they're pushing out is by Mm -hmm. developer advocates and it's for us developers to be successful with GitHub. Um, And so that's pretty much the baseline of what advocates do. So as a developer Mm -hmm. advocate, uh, we create blog posts, code demos, YouTube videos, we go to conferences, we do talks, we go on podcasts, and it's all in an effort to advocate on behalf of a company and allow developers in the wild to know about the software that our company has. And that's pretty much what a developer advocate do. It's a lot of work. It, it is so much work. <laughs> and could you also touch a little bit on this, the kinds of skills that are needed for developer advocates? Yes. Roles? So firstly, developer advocates are engineers. Um, mm-hmm. We are software engineers. <laughs> we are software engineers. So we have the skills of engineers and we're paid like engineers because that is our mm-hmm. basic skill set. So you have to be a software engineer. And depending on the company, that could look like being um, very front end heavy, back end heavy, data heavy, um, mm-hmm. machine learn. It could be like a plethora of things depending on the software of the company. Um, yeah. And so having coding skills is essential. Um, sometimes it's language agnostics. It doesn't really matter what your preferential or your language preference is, just mm-hmm. need to know how to program. Um, so that's essential content creation is also very important. If yes. you want to get into developer relations or developer advocacy, start by writing technical blog posts or making videos on the Tiki Talks or um, starting your own Instagram. podcast or yes. Insta. Um, but definitely learn how to be a content creator. Learn how mm-hmm. to create a content calendar, how to manage your, um, how to manage a community, responding to comments. Content exactly. creation is very important. Knowing how to edit, use editing tools, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, writing, also mm-hmm. very important. Knowing how to break down complex technical topics and um, deliver it in a way that people understand, even if yes. it's a brand new person to the tool, um, mm-hmm. that is essential. And that leaks into communication. Yes, it does. <laughs> you, have it to, does. you have to know how to communicate well. That is reading, writing, speaking, um, because you're going to be interacting with a wide variety of engineers, people, from newbies yes. to people who've been programming for 20 years. And exactly. You want to... And people that have used the product way longer than exactly. you have. <laughs> and so like, you have to know how to navigate through all those various experiences to communicate mm-hmm. effectively. And I think like for developer advocates um, presenting, so like not all advocates like to go to conferences and pr- present, mm-hmm. but a lot do. So I think like working on being a content creator will help you to hone your presentation skills. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, and also just being kind and friendly and like, like helping. I find a lot of developer advocates are just very nice people. Um, I find that too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so those are some of the skills I think advocates need. Amazing. And you also mentioned that before you became a developer advocate, so what were you doing um, before? becoming a developer advocate and we and we also need to talk um a little bit 
we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, um, how you got to that point, but then uh, just mention what you were doing before and that role, what it looked like. Yeah, so before I became a developer advocate, I worked as a software engineer for two years, primarily on the front end side of a very large financial um, company software. And so I used I used technologies such as JavaScript, React, Redux, Node, um, Jest for testing, Cypress sometimes. Um, I got a little taste of Docker and the Kubernetes, um, though I'm not I'm not experienced. In it, but we did use it in our code. Um, but it was a lot of work like that. So I got to work with product managers and UX designers and um, learning how to navigate business needs and put it mm-hmm. into code. Um, mm-hmm. But thankfully, my manager dealt with that. But yeah, so I worked as a software engineer for two years, um, primarily on the front end. And in addition to that, I started to build up my audience online because mm-hmm. I think like a year into my software engineering role, I realized wow boring coding all day Um, so and then I started to learn about developer advocacy and so I'm just like okay I'm going to build an audience and see if I can developer advocacy role from that and I did and I did congratulations (laughs) thank you but yeah so that's what I did before um Devro Mm, that's really nice that you also planned the transition um because it's (laughs) Yeah, it's not uh, so many people that will actually, you know, know how they're going to navigate this. And especially when you are not yet in this um, like technical space to know Mm -hmm. the different kinds of roles and opportunities that are available to you. So that's that's really nice that you did that. Absolutely. I am a planner. Um, I plan everything. If it's not planned, it's not going to It's get not done. happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. Um, I'm a planner as well, uh, but um, I don't get into the nitty gritty details, but I like mm. to have like the big picture and um, everything else like that. Makes sense. But how did you get into software engineering? <laughs> Man, it was it was just random. So uh, before software engineering, I was a mm-hmm. social worker. So my last job as a social worker is I worked at the a government place doing mm-hmm. finance. Don't ask me how I got into finance. <laughs> I, you know, I just do. I just do what I want to do. <laughs> so I was I was working on payroll stuff. Um, and so because mm-hmm. I had access to all that information, I saw yeah. what my my manager was earning, what their manager was earning, and what mm-hmm. their manager was earning. And I was just like, yeah. that's it. Um, I'm gonna need more. I'm gonna need more than that. Um, yeah. But then there was one day I was scrolling on Insta, and um, at the time I followed a lot of financial influencers, and mm-hmm. one of these finance people, she was just like, I taught myself how to code, and I got a six-figure job. And I was just like, what? What is six figures? What is code? What are you talking about? What is software engineer? So I swiped up, read her blog post. And so her Mm -hmm. blog post led me to free code camp, free code camp. I got into Code Academy, Code Academy. I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. And so Mm -hmm. I applied to go to a coding boot camp. Yeah. It was so hard. Um, And then I got a job like 
nine, yeah. 10 months later, I got a job mm-hmm. from that. And so that's kind of how I fell into software engineering. It was a very intentional choice because I was Amazing. looking on how to dramatically increase my income because your girl yeah. was struggle busing. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't want to struggle for the rest of my life. That's really, really inspirational because um, it's so hard to because a lot of people talk about um, exponential growth with your finances and how you can increase your earning potential, but rarely do they give you um, insight as to how you can do that. Most Mm. people will focus on get a side hustle and do that, but then um, what, what if it's, that's not for everyone as well. How can you, just with your day job have exponential growth in your earning potential so that's really amazing that um, a lot of times I find especially in today's society especially in America with inflation constantly Mm -hmm. going up it's it's not really that people have like a spending problem we, mm-hmm. we mostly have an income problem. We don't yeah. earn enough. Like Agreed. rent is $2,500, but I bring mm-hmm. home $2,000. How mm-hmm. am I going to pay for a place to live plus eat plus healthcare? Um, plus it's, go it's, to work before the pandemic. To, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I think um, the adage of like, oh, just increase your income. Oh, get a side hustle. It's like, <laughs> I can't even pay my bills. How am I going to okay. get a side hustle? if i can't mm. even eat like, yeah exactly and you need to put in money into the side hustle before you exactly. can earn from it exactly <laughs> so i think um even a lot of times in the tech community people say like don't go into tech if you're doing it for the money um but um, it's just like sometimes it has to be about the money because i don't see a way out um yeah. But yeah, talking about money. I like talking about money, but this is like it's a money important podcast. to talk about money. <laughs> well, this is Tech Girl Podcast, and yes. tech girls are all rounded. <laughs> we're not yes. just we're not just techies, uh, coding and doing all that kind of technical stuff. We're all rounded. We also need to be good with our finances. So yes, talk about money. <laughs> And it's not a lot of people that openly talk about money. So, yeah. I know. I'm trying to, I've been thinking about like, how can I integrate uh, money into my content? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still thinking about how to do that because it's like, it's it's crazy to go from earning $27,000 to earning $75,000. It's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, how do I manage mm. this? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like some people are going from 30,000 to 100,000. Yeah. And knowing how to manage your money is what's going to make you successful because you can earn a hundred K but still live paycheck to paycheck. And that is no bueno. Um, But yeah, so yeah, we need to be well-rounded and manage (laughs) your money. Let me stop talking. (laughs) You go ahead. (laughs) No, I'm all for it. I love it. Um, It's so important. Like money has to be an open conversation. And I was saying the same thing, like um, even salaries, need to be an open conversation because um, it feels unfair, especially when you're a job seeker, you go through the whole recruitment process and only at the end do you know how much (laughs) you will potentially earn. And you would have put in so much, 
which you wouldn't have if you knew from the beginning, like, okay, maybe this is not what I'm looking for, even though you could research. So you will have an idea, but when you get the offer is when you actually know. So, yeah. Yeah. I know it bites. It's just like, I don't know. I just need companies to be realistic and we're Mm -hmm. all working for money. I have a skill you have a gap. I am going to trade my skill and my time for the money. So like yeah, it's how, an exchange is, of value. Yes, it is an exchange of value. So it's just like, why be so secretive about the salary? But I mean, it's getting better. I've seen more salary ranges and job postings. So I think yeah. it's slowly getting better. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be good when we get to a point where it's an open conversation. You talked about being at a boot camp, I did a boot camp as well. Um, how long was the boot camp? Was it a paid boot camp? Um, yeah, everything boot camp. Yeah, so um, the boot camp I went to was nine months, 10 months. It was long. It was a long time. Was it full stack? Um, it was full stack. So I learned how Amazing. to be a full stack engineer. Um, and so it was full stack. It was so I didn't have to pay anything. So the mm-hmm. bookcamp I went to, they had something called an ISA, which is yes. an income sharing agreement. So yeah. I agreed to be trained for free initially. And mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have to start paying anything back until I got mm-hmm. a job earning over, I think it was $50,000 at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, and, 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 and the payment was 17% of your gross income for two years up to thirty thousand dollars so that was the agreement I signed yeah it must have hurt that first time (laughs) it hurt a lot it hurt a lot but I paid it off um February of this year and I'm amazed I'm so happy to own all my money now um but people ask me if I regret it and I don't because Mm -hmm. I didn't have any other options and I didn't want to take out um like a loan to to do this and so I was very grateful that there was this ISA but there are a Mm -hmm. lot more free programs today that you Mm -hmm. can apply for and do without paying up to thirty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars for a course Mm -hmm. um and also I would just mention um because Kadesha is in the U.S. for people in Europe we also have a lot of options and particularly in Sweden um, if there's anyone that's listening from Sweden, I would say like you do have options as well and you can take it out through CSN. This is something that everyone that's in Sweden knows about. Um, I won't go into details about it because none of it is sponsored, but um, maybe eventually I will specifically talk about this, but just so that you know, you do have these options as well. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what has been the most fulfilling in your journey this far? Not being poor, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit too honest, but it's true. Um, I talk about it all the time, but just mm-hmm. like not having not having to struggle. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up in Jamaica and yeah. we struggled 
um, <laughs> single mom, all that jazz. And then I moved to the U.S., studied social work of all things, and then struggled some more. And so, like, being at a point in my life where I'm not struggling, I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, my mind has opened up so much. Like, I'm able to share content online for free because yeah. I have the mental space to yes. do that uh, yes. because I'm not worried about paying xyz not paying xyz how am i going to afford xyz um mm. it's it's the mental freedom you get when you're not struggling for basic life necessities it's amazing and yeah. that has honestly been the most impactful and beneficial thing about this journey it's about the money i, <laughs> I don't care um, but but i have found a lot of um a lot of purpose in educating and helping the especially minority community in terms of like what programs are available how to use certain technologies and all that jazz so I have found purpose um because I'm not struggling so yeah (laughs) that's that's so good um so um I like not being poor nobody wants to be poor (laughs) I, I moved from Zambia to Sweden and I always say to myself, I'm not going to have left everything that I know, people that I love the most in the world to come and struggle. It's just not going to happen. It's not for me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. What about challenging? What has been the most challenging so far? Honestly, keeping up with technology. Yeah. Um, so like in my previous career as a social worker, you know, you you learn the things, mm-hmm. you do an internship, you get a job. And yeah, you have to do like CEUs or con- continuing education units, but yeah. it wasn't so intense. Mm-hmm. Technology changes so fast. It's it's Ooh. it's like now instead of JavaScript for front end development, it's TypeScript. TypeScript. You need to know TypeScript, and mm-hmm. you have to know React. It's not even a, a um, optional or like yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to know React. You have to know TypeScript. You have to know testing. Um, yes. When I was learning just three years ago, those things weren't have tos. It was just like nice to know. Nice, and, exactly. But, but it's just like technology changes so rapidly and mm-hmm. especially in the front end ecosystem, there are so many development tools and yes. just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> can I just figure out how to name my variable before yes. learning a new technology? Um, so like that has honestly been the most challenging and especially like one thing I've, I've learned is like working in a code base and building a project two different things so like when you start working at a company in their code base you're maintaining the code base Mm -hmm. and you're adding features on top of that code base when you build your own projects um you're doing everything from scratch so you're better able to understand and know how to use technology and so another thing i struggle with is finding time outside of work to Mm -hmm. learn those technologies and tools to keep my skills sharp um Mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult I uh, I can agree to that uh, because as well, TypeScript has become a big thing and a lot of, um, not to speak too much about like my work, but a lot of the work um, has, you have to improve it yes. to be at a point where it's um, 
it's reflective of today's technologies. Yes. And the good thing is when you have learned one language, you can easily, well, um, relatively easily <laughs> learn a different one and yeah. apply the, the skills that you already have to working with the new technologies. But it's just keeping up. It's, it's really not easy. It's not. <laughs> And like coding outside of work, it's exhausting because like you, you work all day and then mm-hmm. you're telling me I need to keep VS Code open and build a project. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, difficult. Pretty much. It's difficult. Yeah. But I think like a good way to do it is um, open source projects. So yes. there are a lot of open source projects that you can contribute to. Um, mm-hmm. You can read the code, keep up with the skills, learn a new framework or, you know, contribute to the project. And that's a great way to, I guess, keep things going. But that's exactly. still hard, right? Yeah, it's still yeah, hard. yeah. And, and, and also just choosing what open source projects you can contribute to because yeah. you just don't want to jump onto something. It should be something that you at least find interesting, especially that you're doing it outside work. So maybe it doesn't have to be work related maybe it can be Mm. more about finance you know if you're interested in finance or uh, whatever else you're interested in there's always open source projects that you can um, work on that are related to like your interest absolutely I 100% agree with that yeah do you have um, any advice for newbie first before we get to that one um, how would you describe in your own words what working in tech is? <laughs> um, what is working in tech? So yeah. I guess the base question to that is what is tech? Um, exactly. So like tech is an industry, just mm-hmm. like finance, just like insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, tech, tech is an industry made up of a lot of companies. And so you don't have to necessarily be a tech company, meaning you don't have to necessarily be a GitHub where you have a software that developers work on in order to be in the tech industry. You have a lot of finance companies who are in the finance industry who have Mm -hmm. software because they give it to their customers to use for online banking. They are also in the tech industry because of the fact that they have software. So like the tech industry, working in tech is broad. It's just like, if you say, oh, I work in tech, it means you work in the tech industry. If you say, oh, I'm a technical, I'm a technologist. It Mm -hmm. means you have a very technical role in the tech industry. Um, I see a lot of this confusion on like TikTok where Mm -hmm. people go flood people's comments and say, you don't work in tech. And I'm just like, (laughs) yes, they do. Even if they're a sales representative, they work at a tech company. They work in the tech. Yeah. They work in the tech industry. They're selling software. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's like a lot of gatekeeping in terms of like working in tech, but it's just like tech is an industry. Who cares? Who cares if you're technical? The tech industry Mm -hmm. at large pays very well. And I think that's why a lot of people are getting into the industry. And we also need non um non-technical, I hate to say non-technical, but non-technical people to work in the tech industry. And non-technical meaning you're not using, you're not coding, you're not doing anything that's like SQL based or like, you know, you're not doing anything intense, customer success, Mm -hmm. customer service, product management. Those are all important roles 
wow, I feel like I'm on like a pedestal preaching. <laughs> but like working in tech means you work in the tech industry. Um, yeah. And and at the end of the day, it's end to end. You all can be developers. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, so yeah. Please, everybody, everybody don't be developers. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have to. Coding is hard. So um, if you don't need to code, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't enjoy it, you don't need to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you still have the high earning potential. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any advice for people that um, are curious about getting into tech? Mm. The first thing I would say is to research. Um, yeah. Go on Google and type in jobs in tech, and mm-hmm. you will see a lot of blog posts about technical and non-technical coding and non-coding roles in the industry Mm -hmm. um, that you can start to look into. One thing I liked to do, even now, I like to just go on a random company's page and go to their Mm -hmm. job listing and see what careers they have um, there. And if I don't know something, I Google it. Google, look it up. Um, I find a lot (laughs) of people, they just want to be spoon-fed information and my one of my other advice is be curious. Yes. Curiosity will take you very far in a mm-hmm. technical career or like working in the tech industry. Yeah. Um, and like get out of your head and just do it. Just do something. Um, time just mm-hmm. passes. And so if you're sitting there and just ruminating on, oh my gosh, you should do this. Oh my gosh, what if I don't get in? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> time is just gonna pass, and then it's gonna be two weeks later. And you're going to be like, wow, I should have just started. Yes, just start. <laughs> just start. <laughs> That's true. Just at my boot camp as well. It was, it was such, before I actually deciding to go for a boot camp, actually, mm. is where my just get started happened. Because mm. I had so many reasons as to why it was not the right time. <laughs> but um, luckily I had, I have a really good friend who just pushed me. She's like, just do it. Yes. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> like, just start. Okay. And so I, I like that advice that you just have to get started um, because you never know. There was, I don't know if it's Jim Rohn or Tim Ferriss, one of them um, around um, that space who said, in a few years time, and I might be getting this all wrong, like the quote, you know, but it's something around in a few years time, you will arrive, you decide what the destination will be. So whether you, um, whether or not you decide to get started, the truth is you will still be at a place where you have to arrive, but you need to have done something for you to um, arrive at a place that you want to be at <laughs> because you will arrive and then yeah you might arrive at a place that's like oh my god I should have done that maybe I would be at a different destination so and yeah. and you know that's that's the thing I've learned about life it's just like you just have to give it a go because why not mm-hmm. um, why not like time is gonna go by and if you don't like it you learned a new skill that is super valuable and that you can bring with you in whatever else you decide to do I find that 
it goes mm-hmm. back to being curious, like curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard Oprah say one time, like, follow your curiosity. And yeah. um, she often says, like, happiness is the joy you feel striving towards your potential. And I yeah. find like curiosity nice. kind of leads you down a path of figuring yes. out what you want to do in the world while you're alive. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, just just do it. Just, just do it. I do have like a, a little mini guide I put together on how to get started mm-hmm. in tech as a developer. So you can yeah. check that out if you want. Um, yes. And um, is it a blog post or it's on your Instagram? Because I, I will add oh, it to. Um, it's like a little downloadable thing. I can okay. send it to you after this. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's yeah. just like, just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of like procrastinating or like, taking (laughs) taking 10 months to figure out oh my god should I do it it's just like oh my god should I do it let me try it oh wow this is interesting do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree um so any practical um tool or resource like let's say after hearing this I decide I'm going to do it where should I go? Like, what's the next best step? What resource or tool should I jump on to get started? Yeah, Just I one think, or two, yeah. I think um, after you figure out what role you want to do and mm-hmm. you notice what skills are required for that role, mm-hmm. um, figure out what resources best applies to that role. So what do I mean? Um, mm-hmm. When I f- saw coding, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And then I mm-hmm. did some deep digging onto like what roles. So there was software engineer, backend engineer, DevOps engineer, all the engineers. And I was just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to do front-end engineering because it seems mm-hmm. like it's less intense to get into. Then I made a list yeah. of all the technologies required for front-end engineering. And then I started to study based on that list. Um, yeah applicable sites, free code cam, plural sites, LinkedIn learning, don't sleep on LinkedIn learning. Yeah. Uh, I know in the US, you can get access to LinkedIn learning through your library. Uh, Scrimba is also okay. a good site. Scrimba is also a good site. Uh, and Norwegian, YouTube. I would say. <laughs> and YouTube. Um, there's yes. a wealth of knowledge on YouTube University. And it's free. Mm-hmm. It is gratis. <laughs> it is free, okay? Um, but yeah, that's where I would start. And um, don't get too caught up in your head about, oh my God, am I doing this right? Oh my God, why is it taking so long? Oh my God, it's mm-hmm. so hard. I'm so dumb. No, you're not. You're no. not dumb. You're not stupid. You're not silly. The stuff is it's difficult. It's a process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like embrace the learning, embrace the journey, but figure out what role you want. And if you yes. don't know what role you want, just go where the money reside and, you know, go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to start somewhere because um, I was I was saying this to another uh, person just the other day. You you don't know um, how many or how much opportunities there is in the industry when you're looking from the outside in um because some people don't even have like these titles that we've all heard about like Mm -hmm. full stack and front end and blah 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 so when you get started and you get that first row then you'll be exposed to so many different roles there's like domain experts there's like marketing developers there's business intelligence developers like there's all these kinds of roles that people don't usually speak about or we don't hear about but once you get in there then you'll be like oh 
then based on my previous experience and my skills, then this is the next best step. And then you work towards that. So it's just about getting started because where you start is not where you will be for the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> and like that's one thing I really appreciate about the tech industry it's just like you can move around yes um, not easily but strategically um based on your previous experience it's you are correct in what everything you just said Gertrude yes (laughs) (laughs) and it's and it's and it's also very clear what you need like to get from where you are to the next step and yeah yes And a lot of the big tech companies, they provide free training on on a lot of different things that you want to do. But sometimes I feel like maybe because things are free, it doesn't seem as valuable. And that's why people don't really take it as seriously but for mm-hmm. me I'm just like free okay let's go um, <laughs> yes I'm, <laughs> I'm going to learn this immediately um yeah. yeah I do the same I am on our learning platforms like crazy girl I love me free okay <laughs> yes. um okay we're getting towards the end uh, but this is a question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Should we all learn to code? No. Um, coding isn't for everyone. And no. if you start learning to code and you realize, I really don't like this, there's no reason to force your brain to conform into knowing yeah. how to use functions to create a button. Um, there's no reason to go what through What an error it is. <laughs> there's no need to go through the stress of that because technology is much more than code, right? Yep. Of course, uh, software wouldn't be software without code, but if you're not mm-hmm. a coder, if that's not for you, we also need managers and operations, HR, finance, marketing, um, copywriters. We need a lot mm-hmm. of, there, it takes a lot, it takes a large team of experts yes. in different fields to get software to be successful. So like, if you don't like mm-hmm. coding, it's okay. Um, should yeah. you be familiar with HTML? Sure. Um, it's good mm-hmm. to know how to how websites are structured. But if you don't want to yeah. do it, there's no need to. That's fine too. Yeah, I like that. Um, I really like that. I I am also all for being curious about it, trying it out. And as, when you're working in tech, it's always nice to have tried it out, but it doesn't mean you have to code yes. for a living or that you have to be an expert yes. but yeah it's nice to sort of have um an understanding yes uh, yeah i think it's kind of yeah. like uh, mathematics we all learn um advanced concepts in mathematics in high school but we're not all mathematicians or um physicists or you know scientists but we learned it so do I think um the fundamentals of coding should be in like high school similarly to maths yes especially Mm -hmm. in today's environment but like should you learn it on your own Eh, if you want to go ahead (laughs) (laughs) okay On, on that one um what would you say to someone that, um, so both you and I have transitioned, we had everything else and then transitioned, but what would you say to someone that uh, is looking to get into university mm. um, and they want 
to have a tech career mm. what should they go to you question. yeah that's a good question because again a tech career can come from many different fields and like mm-hmm. as a young person you don't know anything you mm-hmm. don't if I offended you I'm not sorry um <laughs> you, you, you really don't know because our brain isn't even fully formed at 18 yeah. um mm-hmm. what would I say I would say um what do you like to do um mm-hmm. especially like if you want to work in the tech industry okay what is your life telling you about your interest um yeah. what do you gravitate towards um, how do you see yourself working with people? So like me, mm-hmm. for example, when I was going to college, I always mm-hmm. liked helping people. And I always yeah. liked seeing people go from point A to point B. And I loved being mm-hmm. a part of that process, which is mm-hmm. kind of why I chose social work, because I'm just like, oh, I can help people um, lift themselves out of terrible situations. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why I went into that. So it's just like, do you, are you good at math in school? You can go yeah. into programming. Are you good at um, delivering talks? Like, um, what is that called? Like, what are those competition calls? Uh, speech uh, competitions or. Toastmasters. Um, are those competitions? The Toastmasters. <laughs> I, 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 I also remember. don't remember. But yeah. like, are you good at like talking in public and doing all that mm-hmm. stuff? You can go into business. You can go into um, study like product management. You can go in. It's, it's just like, what are you interested in? Like, what does your hobbies and your schooling, what has it, what does it tell you about yourself and kind of yeah. sort of figure out what you want to do from there? Or you can just do research on the money and um, whatever high money appeals to you, go study that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so you should if you were um 18 and sh- can you also then just straight away go to boot camp or before you go to university or it, I don't know I am it's I'm up pers- to you <laughs> I'm personally of the opinion that like if you're 18 and you want to go to college go to college um, yeah. but then that goes into like the cost of college and whether or not yeah. you're good in school. Uh, but mm-hmm. like if you're 18 and you want to go to a boot camp, go to a boot camp. But I personally think that boot camp are designed for professionals who want to change careers because uh, yeah. it's easier. But hey, you know, you're 18, you have uh choice and free will. So yes. I think do what you think is best and like consult professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Right, I really like that. Okay, um, I have enjoyed speaking to you so much, <laughs> and I love your content. I've, I've been you. in your DMs so many times, <laughs> shamelessly in your DMs <laughs> so many times. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much for always accommodating me, and I think I like, am so yeah. I think you're lucky because you got into my DMs early where it wasn't overwhelming like now oh my goodness it's so overwhelming the dms i can't even get to everybody and i feel so bad i'm sorry i can't do it (laughs) i am one person (laughs) it's it's understandable yeah i'm happy i got in early (laughs) because now we're chatting and that's the other thing if you are going to um do something with your career don't be shy to slide into people's dms yes (laughs) because (laughs) You never know what opportunities could come out of that. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's been an honor having you. Yeah, thank you. This is a great chat. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will put Kadesh's uh, social media in the description. So you can go and follow her and learn as much as you can. I can assure you, it's really, really amazing to follow her content. And she breaks it down. <laughs> she really breaks it down. Beginner to people that just want to um, improve and be reminded of some of the basic concepts, the advanced concepts, life as we know it, it's all there. So feel free. Mm -hmm. it, will, it will be everything. Any final words from you? Final words is to follow your curiosity and don't wait for somebody to give you the information. If you see something and you're just like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Instead of asking the person, go Google it. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much. Go Google it. <laughs> On that note, we end it. <laughs> Thank you.